Hello, and welcome to the Neff Canyon Ward podcast. My name is Tyler Slade, and I'm excited to bring you all the cool people of our neighborhood and ward. The goal of this podcast is for all of us to get to know each other better, to create unity through sharing our experiences with others in the gospel. We're with the Smiths tonight. And it's uh, so awesome to be here, isn't it? It sure is. We've got a fire. We're not too happy about the fire because that means it's getting <laughs> cold and winter is coming. But yeah, what a wonderful opportunity to meet and to discuss. Uh, why don't we start with Ken? Ken, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, and, and yeah, tell the word about yourself. Well, I was born in Salt Lake City in the LDS Hospital. In 2000, or 1000, what is it, November, th <laughs> November 3rd, 1930. 1930. 1930. Yeah. So today is my 91st birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. So where did you grow up in Salt Lake? I grew up in Salt Lake. Which part of Salt Lake? I lived down by the university when I, well, I lived there later on in my first few years, but I was lived on 11th Avenue and 1102 East, south on, I don't know, south on 11th Avenue, 11th Avenue hmm. until I was six years old. Okay. And then I moved down to my, with my family down on Douglas Street 446 Douglas Street in Salt Lake City in a home that uh, my father was able to buy with the help of his my grandfather John F. Bennett and uh, he gave the information for, to my father as to how to do it and he provided a, a I don't know what you call it, not a loan, but a, a mortgage that had been paid for by somebody else that made it possible for him to have a house in 1936, right at the time of the Depression. And just before the big war. Just before the big war. So I basically grew up on in that area on Douglas Street. And there were a lot of kids my age, younger and older. We had a great time. As I was growing up, my father taught me many good things. He was a great athlete and a great hunter and sportsman and taught me to do those things in my youth that I might be able to enjoy them, which I, which I did. Great. So which high school did you go to? I went to East High School. Another East High. I was in East, East High, High School. Yeah. <laughs> in 1946. 46. Well, I guess it was 47, and I graduated supposedly in 1950, 48. And then I went to the University of Utah. But I started that particular area of my life as trying to be a sportsman and a great friend to neighbors and uh, we had I had some very special experiences as a young man 
to try and figure out what the gospel was all about. Because at that time I didn't really know much. Yeah. And uh, my mother, uh, I was the first in the family and we ended up with five kids. Okay. I was the oldest and Elaine, you got the message of Elaine, she was the youngest. Okay. And uh, 18 years between us. Oh, wow. In those years, my wife or my mother had many, what do we call it? Miscarriages. Miscarriages. Yeah. Before she was able to have, she wanted to have more, but it was not possible for her to have more. Huh. So, did your mother die? Uh, I knew your father. When we first moved here, your father yeah, was still alive. That's right. And, but I, I don't know that I ever knew your mother. She died in 19, you probably wouldn't have. She died when she was uh, 64. 64 in 1971. Yeah, that's before we got here. And she died, we don't really know what she died of, probably some kind of cancer. She had cancer. In her, in her. Uh, that's enough. Yeah. Pardon? So anyway, <laughs> what was your Ken? Uh, what did you do for a living? What was your career? Well, I went to the university and and uh, studied business. And went to business school, mm -hmm. and then I. This was during the war period. My father said, "You better learn how to be a, an army man." in case the war comes. So he made sure that when I went to the university, I participated in the ROTC. Okay. And so that was part of my first responsibility. And so I stayed at the university. I was there for my first two years. And then that second two years passed by and it came time for the war to come and my time for a mission. That was 1950. Okay, so you went on a mission. I went on a mission to the Great British Isles, to London. London. That's fun. Yeah. And uh, I was there for the two-year period of time and had great experiences there with my mission president, which was, who was Stainer, Stainer Richards. And he was one of, I noticed in Brother Ballard, he was one of Brother Ballard's pres mission presidents. Okay. In fact, I guess. I hear you were, you know, Elder Ballard, is that true? Yes, very well. How's that? Well. One of the as the first missionaries wanted to, they wanted to take us for a trip around the city. Elder Ballard was a part of the mission presidency and the counselor in the presidency, and so he came around and asked all the missionaries where they were from and what their history was, and if they all had a girlfriend. <laughs> 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 and if they would show the picture of the girl to them. And so I was made, made a big mistake and I showed my picture to my girlfriend to him. 
And he said, oh my, she's beautiful. I think I'll go home and marry her. <laughs> and he did. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> that's a story everyone knows. They told it at Barbara's funeral, in fact. <laughs> well, when we were in the MTC, well, we, we, we had uh, mission training as we were going into Scotland, mm -hmm. and Elder Ballard was there. And you know, my wife's somewhat outspoken. And she said to Elder Ballard, I understand that you married Ken Smith's girlfriend. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so then Barb kind of goes on to say how she, what her rendition of the story. And all Elder Ballard said, it wasn't quite that way. That <laughs> he doesn't remember it quite as accurately as Ken yeah. does. <laughs> my, mem my memory at that time was always very clear. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carol, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and, and, and how this all comes together. My family's from Salt Lake. Yeah. I was born in Washington, D.C. Oh, fun. Uh, my parents were back there during the Depression trying to eke out a living working for the government, which was about the only place newly graduated from college people could get a job. And so I was born back there. And then we came here, and I'm a sugar house girl. I was raised in the sugar house area. And... Uh, my in right through the backyard from my grandparents and so we had a fun life living there with m all my cousins we were sort of all raised in a pod mm. okay <laughs> so which high school did you attend i went to south high school oh the south mm -hmm. high cubby absolutely <laughs> that was the school i was supposed to attend but they closed it the year I started high school. Well, that's because you're such a youngster. <laughs> I know. But I'm supposed to be a South High Cubby. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that you couldn't be. <laughs> she, she certainly is. She gets the South High alumni You know, we still have an alumni years. newspaper that, oh, great. Com that comes out. And what they have done, I just love. I mean, it's one of my favorite philanthropies. But when they closed South High School, they started... Um, a donation thing to get, um, oh, I can't even think tonight, uh, to get scholarships for children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren of South High graduates to go to Slick, you know, which is yeah. what yeah. the school is now. And so they have a big endowment, uh, and well, we fantastic. still produce a lot of scholarships for grandchildren. And it's still such a beautiful there. school. It is. It is beautiful. Was Richard Chase there during your time? Yeah. Well, you know Richard is my cousin. I did know that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Richard's a year younger than I was, and oh. he was there at the same time I was. So how did you meet Ken? Yeah. Uh, some friends lined us up. A blind date? Come on, Carol, it, get us, well, us more. Well, it wasn't too blind because I knew who he was, but <laughs> I didn't know him. Yeah, so some of his friends lived Nick a house away from me and I worked in the young men it was mutual then with his dear friend and his friend's wife called me and said I want you to go out with this guy and I said okay that's fine and so 
two years later, he called me and said, this is Ken Smith, and I just was a blank. I, yeah? <laughs> he says, well, Sylvia called you about me. I, oh, my gosh, that was two years ago. <laughs> Ken! I know, he was a really fast mover. <laughs> there was a very deep feeling spirit behind that message. <laughs> you don't need to go into all of that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, Ken was the student body president at the University of Utah, if I remember right. right. That's right. Yeah. So when I came back from my mission, I decided it would be interesting to get involved in school politics. So I ran for vice president of the freshman class and was elected vice president. Then the next year I came back and ran for president of the student body, and I got it. I mean, there was a lot of detail in between all of that, friendships and organizations, and, and I just absolutely loved that experience. But probably the most interesting time of that particular time was when as a student body, in the student body, we had opportunities to be in assemblies and had quartet contests. And I had a quartet, the Sigma Chi Quartet. Sigma Chi. Yeah, same, same with Brother Ballard's Sigma Chi. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of Sigma Chi's. And anyway, so we sang and won the competition that year in 1953. And that was the year the voting was going on for the student body president. Mm -hmm. And I got voted in as the president of the student body that next year, which was a great, a great experience, great friends, great opportunity to develop friendships and ability. Yeah, you to, betcha. You betcha. And develop in the church, my own testimony strengthened. So it was it was an experience that I'll never forget. So what did you do for a living after school? How'd you pay the bills around here? Well, I finished my education at the U in business. <clears throat> and then I had decided that I should really probably help my father in his business. And the Kenneth E. Smith Company started in 1936 with my father who was, who worked for the Mountain Fuel Supply Company mm. as a salesman. And he did such a great job that they decided that, uh, he decided that he could do a better job on his own. So he started his own business in 1936 in Sugar House. And when I was growing up as a youngster during that period of time, I worked with my father and did many things, having opportunities that he provided me. And so when it came time for me to finish my mission and came back from my mission, I said I would like to work with my dad. He, I had helped him for many things for years. And so we started a cabinet distribution business, okay. kitchen cabinets. He'd always wanted to do that. He didn't have... The, 
anybody to help him with that. So I said, I'll do it. So we started in 19, I guess it was 1956, 58, and started in the cabinet business. And it started, we started selling to contractors and all over the state of Utah. And then that worked pretty well for quite a while. And then he, my father, said, we've got other things we could do too. So in, evolve, in involving me in some of those activities, I found myself being a developer of land with my father, uh, developed some land up in Ogden, and he at that time had purchased an old motel. Mm. And so together we tore that the hotel old motel to, uh, pardon? You got in the hotel business? No, motel. 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 So uh, when I was back there to help him, he said it was time for him to get rid of that old motel and change it to the Cottage Court Motel. <laughs> So he and I, my father and I, worked at developing that motel to a rather large, successful motel as long as, and we continued selling cabinets to contractors. And then I started later on getting into remodeling kitchens hmm. and remodeling homes. So I did that, and during that, that's the period of time I guess when I really met Carol, she was a host down on Temple Square, and I was a, also a guide on Temple Square. Mm. And That's I met great. her. And it's a long story, but it can be. She can take it from there. Yeah. How long after that phone call did things? We got out? married less than a year after that. Oh. So it took two years for the initial two, phone call. Two years for him to get around to calling me. <laughs> Carol, tell us about uh, your family, kids and grandkids. and um, How many? How many children do mm -hmm. we have? We have yeah, five, five children. Five children. We have. and uh, two, Three boys and two girls. And 24 grandchildren. And uh, five greats. Four, four, four and a half greats. Four and a half. <laughs> so Christine has some grandchildren. Christine has, has two grandchildren, two. and Kenny has two and a half. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And we have all of our, four of our children live here in the area, two in our stake and uh, two down in Holiday. Okay. And uh, the, our son, our oldest son, lives in Washington, D.C., and but all three of his children live out here. So, child. Well, well, Ken, why don't we 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 move this a little bit over to your spiritual journey in life, and maybe tell tell us a little bit about your conversion to the gospel, and uh, you know how that's come to be. Well, I went back to the university and got a master's degree in business, and that helped me to work with my father after that time, and. When we lived in my parents' ward, Carol and I were both there, they put me into the bishopric. 
to help my dad. That was our wedding present. That was our wedding We've present. We've been married three married. weeks, and they put in. So I was put into the bishopric, and we stayed in that bishopric for five years, and then decided it was time for us to find a home different from where we were living in a little apartment. And so we had a friend who took us up to the mountains and said, you have enough money probably by this time, you can maybe build your own home. Mm -hmm. And Dave Richards, you know Dave Richards. <laughs> yeah, lived in the ward here. Mm -hmm. And he took us on up on the mountain and said, uh, nothing has been developed up here and you can have any spot you want with a spot for you to live and build your home. So we stood, look up at the Mount Olympus and took a picture of that mountain and said, we'll take this spot right in front of the mountain. So then we went ahead and started building our home. And that was in 1967, 68, when it was finished. Mm -hmm. And so we went to church. And at that time, the church was East Mill Creek Eighth Ward. East no, yeah, East Mill Creek Eighth Ward. And uh, I think that when we went to church the first time, the bishop said, or he gave he gave me an experience, an opportunity to be a leader in the ward right then. And he said, "You will be our young men's leader." So I said, that'll be okay. And he said, our ward is planning a trip to take our young people to Hawaii for summer. <laughs> but, but the back story on that we have to tell. We lived down in this ward by the university, poor, poor people. Yeah. And the summer before, Ken had gotten his license to drive a school bus so we could borrow the neighboring bishop's old school bus to drive all these kids in this ward up to Jackson. That was the big activity. We had the only boat in the entire ward and these kids washed airplanes out at the airport to earn money to do this. I mean it was just this, Crazy. you know, try and earn enough money to get them in an old bus up there and then we came to this ward and they were saying, well, how many can we fly to J Ken came home and he says, I think we're in the wrong war. <laughs> wow, that is absolutely amazing. It was from Central so, City to, are you kidding me? <laughs> so as a result of that, the city, then finally the state president said, we need some help, so we he assigned me to be a member of the High Council mm -hmm. right off the bat as coming out of nowhere. And so I was on the High Council for a few years and then I was Executive Secretary of the High Council and, and uh, then they made me Bishop. And it was in this particular time in my life that I think probably some of my most spiritual experiences have had occurred or were beginning to occur. I'll go back to my mission for a moment only to say that when I was there, I was given an opportunity to be a leader and I was mission secretary for the mission. 
And so when I came home, I'd had again other leadership experiences from my mission to get me there to be helpful. And so it was in that period of time that being a bishop created opportunities to serve, be able to speak and teach people the principles of the gospel. And through that period of time also having incredible spiritual experiences of teaching and touching the lives of the people that I, hard, that I, that I hardly knew. that needed the help that the Spirit of the Lord gave me to help them. And so that period of time was very touching in my life. And during that time I got sick. And I used to carry a milk pail around because I couldn't, uh, I couldn't take care of my drink. My, my, what do you want? What do you want to say? You had ulcers, and you had to I had eat a special diet. Problem that was going on, so I'd go down to Temple Square and take tours. In the middle of it, I'd get a series of events that would stop me from continuing. So I would finish the tour, and then I would go to the doctor. He'd say, "Don't know." don't understand what's wrong. You got something, but we don't know what it is. That went on for probably, what, almost five years. Nobody could find an answer to what my problem was, other than they released me from being bishop. Mm. And during that time, I was being released as a bishop. I went and they were going to operate on me because they think they found my problem as a gallbladder. Hmm. And I remember kneeling down in the office, in the closet, in the office. And I asked, ask, I'm going to cry on this one. I asked the Lord to bless me. That I would be healed and be able to move on with my life and accomplish what I need to do. And as I knelt in that morning prayer, I felt the most powerful, powerful spirit overwhelming me. And I knew that my Father in Heaven felt my heart and knew me. And I have never, never forgotten that spirit which I felt at that, th that day. And I've had it and felt it many other times since. But that particular day, the spirit and witness of the Lord gave me the knowledge, the sure knowledge that he lives. And so I was operated on healed, went on to do other activities in the community with emergency preparedness activities. Mm -hmm. 
Midweek. You were the bishop in our ward then. Yes. At yes. that time, that was before we moved here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when we moved here, Bishop Mangum was the bishop. Yeah. Right. And these are the things that happened to me after then. Well, but one of the strongest things spiritually was when they were trying to find out what was wrong with him, they finally discovered that he had all kinds of growths, you know, and so they figured he had cancer was what he had. I was pregnant with our fifth child <clears throat> at that time, and he was he was really sick, and then they found out that he had bleeding ulcers too, so they were mm -hmm. going to go in, do two things, go in and take out these growths and do the thing. And the ward fasted, all fasted for him. And we all went over to the ward the night before he was having surgery and everyone there. And we had a prayer. He was in the hospital already. And, you know, I, I just felt, I felt, the spirit there, and I knew that this ward was praying for him, and that Heavenly Father couldn't deny him because this—it was such a strong feeling. And he, it took him a year before he was really back to up and going. But it was—that must have been about 1975 or so. Probably. 1974. 74. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What a miracle. It was a miracle because when the the real miracle was they knew he had these terrible ulcers, and when they got in there, the neck I mean they had done this like on a Wednesday and he was being operated on on a Friday, and when they went in to repair those ulcers, they were healed. Hmm. So in two days, this really terrible situation in his stomach had been. Healed, and I know that it was through the prayers of this ward and the members that were there that he was healed. And then they got the gallbladder out, and none of them were malignant that he had. And so mm. we were on our way again. Wow, that's such a wonderful, wonderful spiritual experience it, to share, yeah, and I certainly can feel the power yeah. in it. Well, Carol and I have been able, we have been able to raise these kids and I think that one of the most incredible things about Carol is that she's a great teacher and she taught school for 35 years. Yeah, let's hear about that, Carol, 35 but years. Which it's that, what can but you it's say one about of the things that I just years. want to mention is that in the process of her teaching school, she had the opportunity to have, we had in our home, kids from the church that had been, were pregnant, needed a place to t be taken care of. And how many, 14 of them I counted? I think we had 14 unwed mothers, yeah. We took care of 14 little girls over that period of time. So, Carol, did you, what, what grade did you teach? I taught mostly fourth and fifth grade. I wow. taught some third too. But Which school? Uh, Bounced around or? No, I was. I taught at Nibley Park before I married Ken. Okay. And then after, I think our youngest child was in sixth grade when I went back to teach again. Okay. And uh, I taught at Wasatch Elementary, which is on 
South Temple and about 11th East. Mm -hmm. Claim to fame is that we have a tunnel that goes under South Temple to get to the playground. <laughs> no way. Did you know that? No. Well, when <laughs> you go, go down south, when you go down South Temple, look and see where there are two kind of yeah, fixtures and you go down and under and then to the playground. Oh, interesting. <laughs> No. Carol, tell us a little bit about your conversion in the gospel. What what is what does that look like for you? You know, I I can't remember a time when I really questioned ever. I have a very strong pioneer heritage and my grandfather that we lived right by was a son of Joseph F. Smith and I was raised with uncles and aunts that were all sons and, you know, I mean, his, his siblings were very much in our lives and uh, it was just, I can remember in my grandparents' parlor there was a big painting of Joseph F. Smith on the wall. and. Uh, I can remember going in the parlor and sitting and, and looking at great grandpa, you know, papa as they called him. Yeah. And and just having you know the feeling of our heavenly father when I would sit and look at him as a child. And uh, so I You still remember that. I can still remember that so so very clearly. And they'd say, we're going to the family reunion. And for some reason or other, I felt like maybe we were going to go through yeah. the picture to the family reunion. That was, my, that was my vision when we would go to the family reunion. And I can remember going to the family reunion and seeing his youngest wife, Mary, sitting there in regal splendor in a beautiful velvet dress and she was always there sitting you know she was very old at that time but sitting there and I mean I had those experiences of really of pioneer heritage you know in my yeah. in my life and I can't remember ever questioning I it was yeah. and I drew quite heavily and so many of my cousins and my sisters and things we draw heavily on the spirituality of our our ancestors, I guess. Uh, all the women in the, well, I won't say all, a lot of the women in the family draw heavily on the experience of Mary Fielding Smith. I mean, she's our grandmother. And I have cousins, I'll, I'll say, how are you doing? She'll, well, I've got to be doing well. Grandmother Mary would not be happy with me if I wasn't, you know. And so I love this. When my Isabel got her mission call, the place that she wanted to open her mission call was at Grandma Mary's house. And so they went up to Pioneer Park, and we have pictures of her opening her mission call, sitting on the bench in front of Mary Fielding Smith's home. So those are in the bedrock of my my testimony and Mary and Ken was Ken had a great testimony a strong testimony and that was another you know experience in my life marrying him that buoyed my testimony always and I yeah. huh. when I was pretty young married woman. I served on the Sunday School General Board 
and served with just some wonderful spiritual people that yeah. gave me their spirituality. In fact, Sharon Richards' dad and I were on the board together, which is kind of fun. And mm -hmm. um, So I've had some really good, strong mentors in the gospel as I've Love gone it. through my life. Well, Ken, you didn't, you didn't marry Barbara Ballard, but you married a real gem, the Lord provided. He, he married, he married, married Brother Ballard's cousin. Oh. We're, we're cousins. Well, anyway, you hit a home run, Ken. I, I married into the family of God's kingdom. That's right. Yeah, yeah he didn't get Barbara, but he got... Better. I got he got, got better. Russ's cousin. Got better. <laughs> so let me uh, let me ask both of you one question in, in just uh, the last question to wrap this up. Um, and, I'll, and I'll start with you, Ken. Um, but Carol, you're going to get it too, so be thinking. Um, so Ken, a um, hundred years from right now, when we are all long gone and your great-great-great-great-grandson or daughter is listening to this very podcast, what would you want them to know about you? What would you want to tell them? Well, I would, I would like to witness to them on a personal basis that I have had witnesses of the reality of... God our Father and His Son Jesus Christ and that I know that He lives. He is a reality and it is something that they should look forward to in their own lives to build strength because the Lord will answer all their, answer, all their concerns as He answered my concerns throughout my whole life. And he will do the same for you if you will ask him for it and pray for it. And ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That he will do it. I love that. Thank you, Ken. Carol, how about you? Well, I would hope that each one of them would be doing, in the next generations, would be doing as well as our grandchildren are doing today so far. Our grandchildren are just precious and they're going on missions and they're doing the things that they should and they're being good and they're serving others and I'm hoping that that continues down through the generations and that we can look at each one of them and say you know you're doing what your Heavenly Father wants you to do and continue doing that because that's what will bring them happiness and I want them to be happy and they won't be unless they follow the plan. Well, we, let, we, let me just add something. Yeah. That's, that Carol and I had a special experience together in, in the church that was different than the others. And that was that we were called by, I had from Joseph Fielding Smith, to be a servant and a servant to uh, the people, the visitors that come and oh, visit this. We were called part to the, the hosting committee of the church. The oh, hosting yeah, committee fun. of the church. 
And that lasted for, what, two and a half, maybe mm -hmm. three years, whatever. Or four. We I don't know remember. how long, really. But we started with it with visiting people that, from the east that came to visit on the train, the, the big train that flow, draw, would come into. We, we were assigned James Evans, who Dave was Evans. the head of the Union Pacific Railroad. Oh, fun. And we, he would bring, it was in the day of bringing people in on the Union Pacific Railroad, and he would bring people from the East Coast and investors out, and then mm. we would take them on tours As a host. Of, of the city and that mm. kind of thing. And usually so pretty well. That was it. That was a fun experience. And we would take pictures of them and would take them to hear the voice of the prophet and President Hinckley. Would no, it was President Kimball, honey. Kimball. That's would, how far along it would do it at long ago it was. Yeah. But one of the things that also was a great experience for us was we were given the assignment to take care of a group of youngsters came from Poland. And they were given that responsibility to come to the, to the United States from Poland. And they were able to come out here to Salt Lake City. But it was when and, they're still behind the Iron Curtain at this point. Okay. And they sent them out with chaperones. They were college-age kids. Mm -hmm. And they weren't supposed so they to were let them out of their careful. sight. You know, they, yeah. the indoctrination. And so... We planned this great big thing. Our state went for it and just did a great job. And we divided them all up and sent them to people's homes. And you could tell that the chaperones were having apoplexy over the whole yeah, thing because they were losing control, you know. But these kids all stayed in homes of our young people. And it Love was it. it was a it neat, was neat experience. A, but we always wondered if any of those kids that yeah, the kids in this state touched yeah. at that time you know ever but, uh, came into the church we've never been able to determine that but it was a neat experience but I the experience it. itself was the fact that both carol and i felt the spirit of the lord to guide us yeah. as we were putting this program together yeah. and we were the two that put this group together that we went up in the canyon up, uh, Cottonwood, big Cottonwood Canyon. Had a big, big catered dinner. They had the Lamanite generation come up and dance for them. I mean, oh, it, wow. I mean, it was a whoop yeah, it, was it, a, was it was really a, big a deal. it was a cultural experience for them, and they were all just, you know, really kind of blown away by the whole thing. But it and was. Then we had we have a copy of each of the statements that each of our youngsters that had witnessed or taught one of these people, one of these youngsters from Poland to be able to remember that experience for their own testimony. But you know, we couldn't have done it if there hadn't been such fabulous kids in our stake yeah. Yeah. that we felt comfortable yeah. putting these kids with. and. You know, wow. that this is what year a, would that have been? This is a blessed area. Okay, so this we was really here. a bless blessed, it's a blessed area, area isn't it? With strong, yeah. strong kids, you know, yeah. that always have been and they were fabulous. I mean we had eighty or ninety of these Polish kids and just plunked them in 
houses right in the wow. neighborhood, you know, and comparable age kids took care of them and gave them their first experience with this is America. <laughs> yeah. I it, love that you've shared all these experiences uh, because they, you know, are specific examples of how, you know, the Lord works, how Heavenly Father works through you know, all of us to, right. to, to move the work forward. And these examples are just more testimony of that and the spirit that you've felt as you've had these experiences and shared that with us and, of course, helped us now to feel the spirit. Yeah, and I, th I think one of the things that, again, was strengthening my own testimony always Yeah, was that as we, I went down to my office, which was downtown, I knelt down and prayed. And I'll never forget that that moment that it came. The Spirit of the Lord came to me in my heart. And I saw in vision, in effect, the whole event that would occur. And the plans that were laid out for us to do by the Lord. Yep. And we would follow step by step the things that were laid out before us in that spiritual event. And we did everything that the Lord wanted us to do. And it was the most marvelous hmm. spiritual experience that these kids and that we ourselves had had for ages and ages. No denying that, is there? No, never. Anyway, well, thank that's you. enough, brother. Thank you thank so you. much. And uh, we love the Smiths. We love Carol. We love Ken. This has been such a joy. It sure has. Well, happy so, birthday, Ken. <laughs> Thank you. Humble, that's a great, great it's coincidence. Been a, it's been a great birthday today. Great, great to hear. Yeah.